October is Family History Month, and I am thrilled to partner with the Genealogy Center at the Allen County Public Library and visit Fort Wayne, Indiana, to bring you tips to help you discover your family's history. Today's episode is sponsored by Ancestry.com. Every family has a story, and Ancestry has the largest collection of online family history records to help discover yours. See what records you can find at FamilyRambling.com backslash family story. Hi everyone, welcome again to the Exploring the Midwest podcast. October is Family History Month and I'm honored to partner with Visit Fort Wayne and the Family History Center at the Allen County Library to bring you information to help you discover your own family's history. Today, my guest is Allison Singleton. She is a senior librarian, the virtual programming coordinator, and acting genealogy services manager at the Genealogy Center in the Allen County Public Library. That is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And you also, I, I love this, we were talking the other day, and you told me that you are doing your dream job, which I think is just a phenomenal thing because I'm going to be really, I don't know, plain here, but people think of genealogy as kind of an old person's hobby, and you are far from being an old person. So can you just tell me a little bit about when you discovered that genealogy was your passion and why you decided to pursue it? I think that it's just, it's incredible. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So. I've always loved history, even as a small child. So finding books and reading and watching movies, et cetera, anything that had to do with history, I was drawn to. Then when I was about 16 years old, we went to my family plot and we're cleaning it, changing out the flowers, et cetera. I wandered away just down the road a little bit and found a grave for someone by the same name as my father and great grandfather. It was a nine year old boy and I wanted to know who he was, and nobody could tell me. So I began researching. And believe it or not, I'm from Fort Wayne. I came back here for my dream job, and I began my research here when I was 16 to find out who that boy was. He ended up being the nephew of my great-grandfather, and he died of appendicitis. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's turned into this great story, and being able to say it was this child that started my research. And what's great is that I've actually been able to name my son after this child, my great-grandfather, and my father. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. And I think that the thing that, that so many history classes miss is connecting history personally. You know, so when we have our high schoolers looking at history, they're, you know, they're looking at these disconnected dates and these things that they don't think really are relevant to them, where maybe if they went back a little bit, they would find a connection and then it would become more personal and more interesting. So I I love your story. Thank you, and 100%. It's finding those pieces, those details that make it personal, that make these people's stories come to life. I've actually done an entire class on the mother of this child and how Her life was just full of sadness. Um, Her child died, her husband died, 
within a month of each other. And she overcame all of that, raised their daughter together, remarried, probably a friend of her husband's, and went on with her life and lived a full one. And so looking at that and kind of looking at the, the newspaper articles and things like that to piece that, just, that story together is just priceless. Oh, it really is. Oh, I, have, I have goosebumps. Um, <laughs> so Allison, the reason that, um, that I'm talking with you today is because you are actually a bit of a Midwest genealogy expert as well. And because in the grand scheme of things, the Midwest is really quite young. I mean, this, many of the states are under 200 years old if you're looking at their statehoods. And so today what I kind of wanted to go into was examples of the resources and tips for digging up your Midwestern roots before you start to follow those um, most likely to the east and then over to Europe. So I'm told that you can really help with this. Well, thank you. Yes, I absolutely love researching in the Midwest, and there's a lot of really unique, interesting resources. And I think something that people forget is that everybody had to come through the Midwest to move further west. So you probably have records here, even if your family is out in California, or if they're in Minnesota, or Iowa, or Texas even, possibly. If they moved west from an east coast state, you're probably looking at Midwest research. So where do people, let's say you have somebody in a Midwestern state and they you know, they know their parents, they probably know their grandparents, but maybe that great grandparent and the great great grandparent starts to get a little murky. So where would you begin with that? I mean, obviously you have the ask questions of the people who were alive. <laughs> yes. Um, but then going from there, where would be the optimal place to start? Well, I always begin people on a database. It's the easiest place to get started. Typically, I recommend Ancestry because it is so incredibly easy to use. Family Search has an amazing collection as well, and it's free for anyone, anywhere you can access all of these records. And Ancestry typically is free at local libraries. You just have to contact your local library and find out if they have that option. But it's looking at those original records, if you can find any of the birth, marriage, and death. And then looking at the census records, tracing that family back, and then you're gonna use other records to kind of build that story. Now, when people are looking at those records, um, they're going to be probably finding them digitally is, is the easiest way because you have your searches and things mm -hmm. like that. But then if you're at a local library or a county or even state uh, within your area, what kinds of, of books are they going to find? Because I, we're, we're sitting here in the, what, the, what, the family but the family history section mm -hmm. right now of the Fort Wayne Public Library Genealogy Center. And there are thousands, I mean, we are surrounded by thousands and thousands of family histories. And then on the East Wing and the West Wing, we have all the states. So if people are going into a library and they're looking, okay, I, I need to get these books, what kind of books are they probably looking for? 
So at smaller local libraries, you're going to be looking for the state room, first of all. Find the librarian that understands the local history. There's always one. Take that person, get that information, and find out what resources they have. Each library is different, but the, the basics that you want to look for are look for those county histories. And sometimes if they're real old and they're out of copyright, you can find them digitized. Look for them. You want the county histories, you want um, lists of cemeteries, see if there's any indexes to birth, marriage, and death. Sometimes there's lists at a local level that you cannot access on one of the major databases. You also want to see if they have anything else that is local specific. So maybe they have a, a newspaper and it's on microfilm. Take a look at that. A lot of them aren't digitized because of copyright. So utilize those resources, utilize the people, utilize those librarians, historians, etc. They're the gold that's going to help mm -hmm. you find that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Now, the Midwest um, almost has a, a, I don't even know how to say this right. In, in the Midwest, you find pockets of nationalities, right? So you think of, you know, northern Minnesota, North Dakota as being very Scandinavian. Um, obviously, you have a lot of Irish in Chicago. You have a lot of African Americans in the cities um, more, more than in, in rural areas. You have, um, gosh, you have Swedish in, you know, towns that are, are Swedish or towns that are this and that. So when you're looking at these pockets of nationalities, is there anything that you need to keep in mind on how they arrived, where they might have come from? You know, especially when you get into the northern part of the Midwest, you're, you're obviously looking into Canada as well, correct? Correct. Um, so what I recommend is looking at the fan club. There's, that's been coined quite a while ago. So you're looking at the, um, the friends, associates and neighbors, and you want to look at who is surrounding your family. Because a lot of times it was chain migration. One person would come over, find a job, then write back to the family in the home country and say, hey, this is a great gig, send whoever over. And they would keep coming. And it wouldn't be necessarily family, it would be people from the same town. So somebody would know somebody and then they would come over. So you want to make sure that you're looking at that because that's going to give you a fuller picture. And it's one of those people that may give you that hometown in the old country as well if you don't have that information. Oh, that's really fascinating. So not only following your own ancestral journey, as it were, but following the, the friends, the, the people they surround themselves with, their community mm -hmm. is really going to, to be a big help. Definitely. When we're thinking about the Midwest, um, it, it obviously all began as a farming community. And then your cities sprung up along, um, you know, traveled paths and then train lines and things like that. So when you're thinking about that, what kind of land records are you going to find? Because I know that there was, you know, people made claims, there was, um, you know, it was what you can claim X amount of land and if you work it for 20 years, it's yours 
uh, was it free or very minimally charged and, and things like that. So are those records still around and where would those be found and how helpful are they? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's a ton of information. So the Bureau of Land Management actually has a great website that has those original claims. And that's where I would start to see if your ancestor was one of the original settlers. If they were not an original, maybe they came over a little bit later, then there would be deed records that would chase who owned what land when. A lot of times these deed records have been digitized and put on family search. Perhaps not indexed, so you may have to go into the catalog to look for them, but a lot of them are there. And then you can chase your family that way. But it's really interesting to see how a piece of land transferred from one family to the next, and sometimes within the same family, just generation after generation. It tells its own story almost. That, exactly. That plot of land. Now, county offices, are those going to be helpful as well? I mean, you have your audit, what, not auditor, your abstracts, your, you know, police records, you know, all of those kind of things. Are those helpful if you're, if you're searching and you maybe have some questions? Are, there, are they available? Are those going to be in a library? Do you need to go to a county office? Yes, they're helpful, but a lot of times getting those records is a little bit more difficult because they are with the government. Um, so you may want to start with your local library for where those records are find out what the access is like. Each place is different. You also want to make sure you know what records you're looking for because all over the United States we have different names for courts <laughs> and it can get really confusing. Um, you may be looking for something that is a probate record and you may think, oh, it's just going to be in probate court. Well, it could be in a circuit court. It could be in a Supreme Court. It could be in a court of common pleas. It could be in something completely different. You don't know what, where the records are until you make that discovery. So utilize the knowledge of the locals to find that information. So don't just go. It has to be here and jump. Because I think that's something that, uh, that maybe causes people to stumble. Because there is so much information when you're when you're doing research and you're digging into the genealogy of your family that sometimes you make a assumption mm -hmm. i guess yes so you do want to look at the original records you do want to go to these court offices and look for things like sometimes the deed records are there or sometimes you could find coroner records if you need those but it's about utilizing the people who have the knowledge of the record sets before you make that jump into the records. You will save a lot of time <laughs> and frustration by doing that. Excellent. Now when people are following their path, you know, be it back east or, you know, to the south, um, they're, they're obviously going to hopefully be able to piece together that, that route of migration. Now, when it comes to Native American history and African American history, those are more difficult. Am I correct? Yes. They, have their, they each have their own unique challenges. So it's going to be 
really working with the records that you have and then thinking outside of the box when you do the research. It's not going to be the same type of research as European Americans. So you have to look at different resources and again, ask for help of experts. When you don't know what records you're supposed to be looking at, you're gonna get frustrated. So it's kind of peeling that back. Another thing that's just really helpful is there's so many online classes at this point that have been put online to like YouTube or you can just Google and find experts in these specific topics that can help you figure out how to research these more specifically. Something I will state um, with the Native American research, it's about finding the records that prove that. Most people walk into Native American research going, well, somebody told me a story, or somebody said my grandpa was Native American, or somebody said this. It's really important to note that at the turn of the century, it was a badge of honor to be able to trace your genealogy back to Native American. The turn of the 20th century. Y yes, yes, sorry. Showing my age a little. Uh, but yeah, at the, the turn of, um, well, going into the 1900s. And this was a really cool point in history for genealogy and then a really scary one because people made up stories because they wanted to have that link. Now, that didn't mean that they actually respected Native Americans. Um, there was still a lot of odd racism happening there. Um, so these stories came out and people were just taking them as solid truth and going from there. And unfortunately, they weren't always true and that gets passed down. Another issue that happens is there's a fraternal order of the Redmen and then the female auxiliary is Daughters of Pocahontas and they would dress up in brown face and in costume and they would pose for pictures. And a lot of times people bring in those pictures and say, well, this proves it, but not really. So with the Native American, you really have to understand when Native Americans were removed from the location where your family was living. If they were already moved to a reservation and that's the ancestor you're saying is Native American, that doesn't work. So you have to look at the historical context to understand what's going on there too. And so really understanding where your family was at a certain time and what was going on politically at the time and you know, basically everything surrounding and uh, your family is going to be really, really key when you're researching Native American history. Now, how about African American history? I know the Underground Railroad plays probably a huge part of the African American history in the Midwest. Am I correct on that? Yes, but what's interesting is um, it's more it's more interest, not interesting, it's the Underground Railroad is more of a badge of honor for the people whose family were a part of it. Okay. Now, it's hard to actually prove that in a lot of ways because of the secrecy of it, mm -hmm. which was vital to its running. Um, so the ones that people have been able to find, like Levi Coffin in Indiana, 
um, and showing that route, that is of interest to them. What is more interesting to African Americans um, that I've noticed is that they want to be able to get their families back pre-1870. And that is what is important. Mm -hmm. And that's what we try to very hard to help anyone and everybody who comes in. And that 1870 is post-Civil War. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have actually, for both Native American and African American, you have very large collections um, and information for both of those here. I know that this coming weekend you have a group, an African American genealogy group coming in from Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that happens quite often here where genealogy groups come in um, because your resources are just so strong here. And those are also online, correct? Correct. So we have the Native American Gateway and the African American Gateway. And what these are are collections of resources for researchers. So we have websites and then we have a bibliography for both. And these bibliographies are books that are within our collection, but you could always take a title that looks interesting and throw it into Google and see who else might have it or if it's been digitized. You never know until you find out. <laughs> that is so much good information. As we wrap up, if you, if you have somebody who is just getting started with their genealogical journey and they are a Midwest family, um, what advice would you give them just as they're getting started? Well, you want to look at your family first. You want to sit down, start with yourself, and go back from there. It's easier to research people who are deceased and people born before 1940. But you want to get all of the information on your immediate family and going back. And that's your framework. The framework is the names and the dates and the places. Get as much of that as you can. Fill in the blanks. That's the whole goal of family history, is to fill in the blanks and put the puzzle together without knowing what the pieces are. <laughs> um, so think about what you want to know it starts with a question. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Allison, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with me today, for giving me all this great information. It was just really, really fascinating. You are most welcome. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and thank you so much for listening. If you would like more Midwest inspiration, please join me in the Exploring the Midwest group on Facebook. And don't forget to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. Or take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram stories at Jody Halstead.